0: So this is by Hafiz, I Heard God Laughing. It's called Pulling Out the Chair. Pulling out the chair beneath your mind and watching you fall upon God. What else is there for Hafiz to do that is any fun in the world? I like that, pulling out the chair beneath your mind. Yeah.
1: Like that. As a teacher who obviously had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it might have been interesting having Hafiz as a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of humor. Didn't take anything serious, but it was all serious. we to, to have a good sense of humor. Pardon? we have to learn to have a good sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> He'd bring you into it, that's for sure.
1: So I'm gonna actually need to write up on the board here. I might have to ask you to move over a little bit so I can get there. Yes, I'm gonna write the chart up here that so many of us are familiar with.
0: Somebody will just get it tattooed on their arm, and then they can just... (laughs) Got it! (laughs) It's a little different.
1: Well, that turned out pretty good, actually, space-wise. Just the right amount of room. All right. You guys remember all that? So we've got, of course, the seven general realms which we often speak of here in ILM. Spirit, and Spirit includes, of course, God, and just that oneness of the realms of Spirit that make up that greater beingness or Spirit of God. And then the soul level, right below that, is what we'd call the first individualized spark of God's beingness, and that's... Of course, below that, we have what we call the etheric realm, or the realm of unconsciousness. And then below that, the mental realm, or the realm of mind. Then the causal realm, or the realm of emotion. The astral realm, the realm of creative imagination. And of course, the physical realm, the realm of the physical, (laughs) the body. And if you notice on the right-hand side, I put numbers starting from spirit at Number seven, soul six, etheric five, mental four, causal three, astral two, and physical one. Just in case we kind of forget how many levels there are or realms sometimes. And there's actually many levels in and through all that. But for the general purpose of simplicity, we'll leave it um, as seven in that regard. Now, many of you are also aware of, probably through your studies or your experiences or whatever as you've really explored, not only in ILM, but whatever spiritual pathways or metaphysical pathways or uh, healing ways, you've I'm sure most of you are familiar with the body system of the chakras, the different energy centers in the body, where there's generally seven of them. Anybody here not aware of that in there? All right. Well, that's why I've also written the seven numbers up there as well, because one of the things to keep in mind or to remember, a lot of the body is really like a microcosm of this macrocosm of these realms of spirit. And each of these chakras actually correspond to each of these different realms of spirit. And this is good to remember or to keep in mind that right here in the body, we have a template, if you will, of the soul's journey through each of these realms of experience. So even right here in this physical body, we the soul, on a microcosmic level, are getting to experience that journey of spirit. Right here, in our own little world, so to speak. And those of you who've been coming to ILM for a while, you've often heard us call this journey in the body the inner kingdom. And then sometimes we've called the journey through the realms through the physical, astral, causal, mental, etheric, soul, and spirit, the outer kingdom. And even though it sounds like we're kind of separating the two, there's really no separation. It's just a matter for clarity of description that we even talk of it that way. Because really, the whole journey of the soul is one. It's all inside and it's all outside. The two are one, in other words. But in this realm of time and space, it is a reflective experience. So in this world, we often experience things as inner and outer. So you'll hear us talk often as inner and outer experience. You know, just like sometimes we use the, word, the uh, description out-of-body travel, well, we're just in a sense describing the soul's experience beyond the body or out of this world, so to speak, in another world but yet it's just the experience of the soul. You could also call the soul's experience in the physical body and out of spiritual body experience or in the physical body experience. Do you see what I'm saying? By Depending on the perspective you're coming from, you can switch it up in that way. So it really is that experience of how we perceive or look at things that it's important to remember that these are all descriptions and from our viewpoint, is maybe where we will describe things differently. Keep that in mind, because many of us who hear these different lectures we give, sometimes the talks can almost seem, uh, what can I say, paradoxical, a dichotomy sometimes. It's like we say one thing and then another thing at times, and so sometimes we walk away maybe a little confused, That's because we've gotten too linear or mental or logical in looking at things only from a one-pointed view. So here we try to describe things from many different perspectives, and depending on the perspective, it may sound confusing, but yet it's not if we allow ourselves to move into a different viewing point within our consciousness. Have I lost anybody yet with all those words? Are you kind of getting what I'm saying here? So just remember that. That way there's really no confusion or uh, paradoxes here. It's just all different perspectives. Some of you have heard that phrase, we're not humans having a spiritual experience, but we're spiritual beings having a human experience. It's kind of like that. It's just a different perspective or way to describe this process or journey. So I'm going to share a little bit today, um, I guess I'd call it a little bit of some technical perspectives of this pathway that maybe might help explain some of the things we've been talking about over the years as well. And yes, you've probably heard this before, so it'll be a reminder, but maybe even set it in a different way and might help remind things or give a different perspective to really wake up on this journey. So as you know, as we share in this pathway, we often talk about both that journey of initiation where we receive these keys to the kingdom called the unspoken name of God or the sacred name of God, that is about that journey of the soul, starting here at the seat of the soul in the physical body, in a journey through the different realms, the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, and into the soul. And we also speak of that journey in our inner kingdom where we often talk about loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, that laugh acronym. You could say that laugh acronym is like the reflection of that sacred name, just as we talk about the outer kingdom and the inner kingdom. It's really all one action that action is loving, that expression of God's consciousness throughout all of creation. But in this action here, this path of initiation, this path to sun and light that we share here in Interlight Ministries is a pathway of return. And what do we mean by that, a pathway of return? It is that pathway in which the soul now is in its journey back towards the source from which it's come, and that we often call God or the Creator, or the Divine, or the Oneness, or the All-Knowing. All these different names. (coughs) Because as a soul came out of God, it also went on a journey, moving away from God, out into God's creation to experience. But then there's a point where the soul turns now, and then it's that journey back into God, back into that Oneness from which it's come. And that's a journey too. It's really all one journey. But again, in this realm of duality, we'll talk about it as inner and outer, up and down, left and right, back and forth, out and in, all these different ways. But don't let that confuse you. It's only to give an idea so that we can begin to understand how and where we can place our focus and our attention for the purposes that we desire. What Jim and I share here is no rules, no laws, no have-tos. It's not saying that you have to do this or need to. We're never demanding. All we do here is share about this journey of the soul. And more particularly, the soul's return back into the realms of spirit from which it's come. So the information is here to support that, to guide us, to give us inspiration, to encourage us. For those of us that are choosing, because it is is a freedom of choice. If we ever make this a law or a rule or have to or an obligation, then it really begins to tear down the truth of how spirit functions. Because spirit functions under unconditional loving. Not out of linear rules or laws. There's freedom here. Spirit gives freely, and so we have to choose into the freedom in order to get the freedom. It cannot be forced, or demanded, or expected. As many of you know. But just even hearing or understanding some of these simple principles that as we begin to look in our own lives and as we find within ourselves where we may have our own demands, expectations or attachments on ourselves, let alone other people or things in the world, that if we begin to see that that what we're doing within ourselves, that we can begin to realize how we limit or in a sense, entrap ourselves into these realms of time and space and karma. And that in itself often can be self-curative by becoming aware. That's like, oh my God, look what I'm doing to myself. I'm creating a limitation. And so in that awareness, we can simply just choose to let go. You know what? I let go of that. I'm no longer going to live under that limitation that I've placed on myself, or even if I've picked it up from somewhere else or learned it from somebody else, I choose now to let that go. And I choose into the freedom to live the freedom and loving of spirit where there are no limitations, where there are no restrictions. That's the simplicity of this pathway, to unlimit ourselves, to free up the restrictions that we've taken on or created within ourselves. It's not a hard process. The true process here is just waking up and becoming aware of those restrictions and becoming aware of the greater truth and freedom of spirit. We get what we focus on. So if we focus on spirit and freedom and truth, then we get what goes with that. The truth shall set you free. So as you focus on that, you get the freedom that comes with it. But if we focus on the limitation, focus on the restriction, trying to get rid of the limitation and restriction, then we're always in a struggle and a battle of trying to get rid of that which we don't want rather than simply moving towards what we do want. That's the simplicity of this pathway. I probably say this every time I share. But it bears repeating every single time. Because most of these things of restriction, of limitation, are running in us unconsciously. We're often not even aware that we're doing these things. But you see, the wonderful thing is, when we move into meditation and focus on the loving, which is unconditional, which is unrestricted, then we move into that. And as we move into that in our consciousness and meditation, guess what happens? As you rise above it, you become aware of all that is below. And below is where the restriction and limitation resides. So in meditation, as we lift up, we rise above the restriction and limitation. Sometimes we move into a greater place of freedom just by doing the meditation, maybe not even becoming aware of where we've been living in restriction and limitation. In other times, we are. The times that we become aware of the lessons or the restrictions, those are what we call the karmas, the unlearned lessons, is because that's part of our conscious knowing on this journey of the soul for this lifetime. We don't have to know all of our karma. We don't have to know all of our past lives. We don't have to know everything. All we know or need to know is just this little bit upon which we're walking in this body, in this life. Because each life just has its own set of lessons. So if we allow ourselves the simplicity of just looking at this life, and looking at it and loving, then the lessons begin to unfold. They come up naturally as we move towards that greater freedom of spirit. So always remember how simple that is. And the awarenesses show up as we do the practice of meditation, as we continue to focus on that source we want to move into, called God, called Spirit, called loving, called freedom, called truth, called oneness, called beingness. So back to the chart here again. Isn't it interesting in meditation, where do we ask you to focus? The spiritual eye center, right? Most of us know the sixth chakra are often called the third eye in the crown chakra or the seventh chakra. And the spiritual eye you've heard us describe is really that point between the two. The eye of the soul, the beingness of who we are, is where we're really focused. So it's really not even the sixth chakra. But this is where we begin, between the sixth and seventh chakra. It's a reference point. Just like this body, as I said, is a microcosm of the macrocosm. So if we focus here on the sixth chakra level and above, if we look on the chart here of the realms, where's the number six? It's at the soul realm. So where are we focusing? beginning at the soul level in the physical body, which corresponds to the soul realm and spirit. And then, of course, as we move up from there, what do we do? We move into number seven, the crown chakra, or the realm of spirit, where the true oneness resides, from which the soul has come. The divine drop of the ocean of loving And so in meditation, as we focus here on that divine drop, the divine essence of who we are, the spark of God, even here in the physical body, then that's what we're going to get. That is what we're going to awaken to and move into greater experience of the knowing and the understanding of the divine, living, loving essence of who we are as that divine aspect of God called the soul. So right here in the body, we focus on that. And guess what happens? Well, as the soul has come into this incarnation and this physical body, it came in here through the seat of the soul to anchor into the physical consciousness to give life to the physical body to have experience in this body. And what comes with the body? An unconscious mind, emotions, and imagination, and of course, the body itself. So we have now these other levels, right here within the physical body. And each of the chakras correspond. So right here in this body, as the soul experiences, comes in and moves down and through the body, giving life here, multidimensionally, one soul, Having multi dimensional experience through the unconscious, the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body. So, what happens? So, in its experience of moving into and through the body, it gets caught up in each of these levels, each of the chakras corresponding to each of these levels, to have experience. Through the experience, the soul comes to know each of these aspects or realms or levels of the creation. It's not a bad thing. It is the way that learning takes place is simply through the soul's experiencing. And once the soul has now come through all the levels, well, where is are to go once you hit the bottom of the barrel, right? But back up. So now what do we do? Instead of looking down and out, we've hit the end. There it is. There's the end. Total darkness, total nothingness. Now what? Well, nowhere else to go. So let me turn back around and start going back the way that I came from. But unfortunately, by that time, what happens? Well, we've been walking the journey so long... And it's gotten so dark that we've forgotten. Not only from where we came from to begin with, but we forgot even what direction to go. And it's so dark we don't even know where to turn towards anyway. So what do we do? Isn't that often when we become stagnant or stuck? and then we begin to weep. But what happens in our weeping? What do we begin to do? Don't we begin to call out, say, Lord, help. Help me. Somebody help me. Show me the way. Give me guidance. Take me out of here. Get me out of here. Isn't that what we do? I know I have. I still do to this day at times. And guess what happens when we finally call out? When we call out, what are we doing? We are opening up, reaching out, asking and inviting now the assistance. And that's what it takes. We have to reach out and open up to even allow now the answer to come, the assistance to come the direction to come, the help to get us out of wherever we're at. And so that journey begins by us calling out, the choosing back. You've heard that? To choose back? Because God's always there. God's always calling us. God's always loving us. But often we're not allowing it in because we're too busy in our journey down and out, focused into where we're going out into the world. What there does come that point when each of us do come to that place where now we begin to turn around and to call out. And in that calling out then and opening up, all of a sudden, there's that assistance. There's that light. There's that voice, that sound that we didn't even know was walking with us all along. But once we begin to open up, we begin to wake up and begin to discover that light and the sound that has always walked with us as our guide, as the beloved, as that true servant that walked with the soul through all of its journey, through all of creation. And so then, we receive that light and sound. We open to it, and we allow it now into us. Because as we allow it in, it begins to awaken us. We begin to now see, to hear, to know how to move, how to get out of the place we're in. We begin to see a little bit of light in the darkness, So we begin to see a direction to move towards. And often in the beginning, we may not trust it because we've so lost our faith, don't remember what it is. And often at that time, we've been so hurt that we don't know if we can trust anything or anybody. So we'll often begin with baby steps, maybe looking cautiously, maybe not even moving for a while. but maybe just begin to observe this new experience of this light and sound. But then after a while, as we keep opening to it, what happens? We begin to have experience. We begin to discover more of the qualities that come with this light and sound. And we find ourselves beginning to soften. Beginning to become more peaceful or quieted. Beginning to experience that nurturing and loving of spirit that is that light in the sound. And slowly, as we allow that in, we begin to get up and begin to move. And now begin the light, the light and the sound begin to bring us along, to lift us, or we begin to have more trust and faith in that process. Little by little, we begin to see the fruits of spirit, the actions, how it works, how it doesn't work, the differences between that light and sound of God and the reflections of the world, the mind, the emotions, and body. So we begin to follow that light and sound. And as we follow that, we begin to now see or hear or feel the different qualities, as I was saying earlier, And some of the most common ways we talk about here, here's talk about the blue and uh, gold light, the purple, the white, because those are those higher aspects of spirit of where we begin to awaken beyond all the realm of reflection and begin to see the truer light of spirit. And I'm going to actually put a little bit more up here. Speaking of that, Just so you have a little more idea, again, like I said, this may sound a little technical, but often we can say the white light can correspond to spirit, the gold light, you've often heard us speak of corresponding to the soul, and then we talk about the purple and blue. Well, often the action of the purple light is guiding us through that etheric realm, the realm of unconsciousness. And the blue light, guess what that is? The blue light is actually the light of the Holy Spirit as it comes into the very top realm of the mind. If you were to see that action of spirit in the mental realm, it often appears as a blue sun at the very top of the mental realm. That blue sun is that blue light of spirit that brings the soul now above the realm of mind. The realm of mind is that first level of true attachment. And so, as the soul begins to awaken to the blue light, we're beginning to awaken now to the very top of the mind or beyond what we'd call the lower mind, where the soul is focused more down and out, and the higher mind where the soul begins to look more in and up and have more of the experience of conscious knowing. And that's the beginning of where the soul begins to detach from the physical creation. Yes, it still has that etheric realm to move through, but most of the work has been done by the time it reaches that higher mind. And that's where we begin to awaken to that greater place of knowing. And that's where many people end up, in a sense, staying for a while when they begin to tap into that level because it's often been associated with universal mind, universal consciousness, cosmic consciousness. People have this all-knowing, but the all-knowing is still limited. But a lot of times we don't understand or know that because we haven't transcended above that yet. Many geniuses have tapped into this. People like Albert Einstein, that's one I do know from my own inner experience, they tap into this and that's where that genius comes from. Some of these people have actually had inner experiences in that greater knowing. And that's often why we see it as even in scientific literature because it's still the realm of mind or science in there but that's as far as the mind can grasp. But it is also at the point that as we continue the journey and we begin to move with that purple light, we now begin to go beyond the realm of mind. And that purple light is that light of the Holy Spirit now that guides the soul through its last leg of the journey, that great void of darkness where nothing exists. It's just empty space And so as we follow the purple light, it leads us through this great void into the soul realm where we awaken to the truth of who we are as a soul, that divine light of God, and begin to awaken to the greater truth that God is the creator from which the soul came. And so even in the physical body here, in meditation, as we hold our attention here at the seat of the soul, we'll begin to wake up and see these inner lights or inner colors of the one light. Because these are just an extension. Just as we know, what if you hold a prism up to the white light, out of the white light comes all the spectrums of the rainbow, all the different colors. So it's like a ladder of frequency moving back up to the white light, the one light from which all the others come. And so one leads into the next. And so, as we move into meditation and we focus here at the seat of the soul, we're focusing at the higher centers, so we're going to begin to move into the higher frequencies, the blue light, the purple light, the gold and the white. And that's why we always want to keep our eye, the spiritual eye, or even these eyes, into the one eye, on those color frequencies because that is the way out of this realm of reflection. Those colors are letting us know the frequency of spirit that we are moving into and through for our soul's journey of awakening. And even if you don't see any of the lights or the colors, Just by holding our attention here, it is taking place anyway. It's taking place, even if we don't see it. It is simply through our choosing into the loving that it all unfolds. Many of us think we need to see something, we need to hear something, we need to get out of body. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we hold our attention and our focus in the loving. And in the loving, all this stuff I'm sharing now and that we shared over the years just takes place. It unfolds. Some of the technical stuff we share are things that you may experience or not along the way. But we share this so that you know, as you do have these experiences, you have an understanding of what they are so that you can relax and move with the process instead of reacting or holding back in fear, not knowing what is going on. Because that's often what we'll do. Like I was saying earlier, when we begin the journey, we often have a lack of faith or trust. And it takes time to begin to move into that trust and faith again to even open up so that we can have these more loving, awakening experiences. So just allow that to unfold. But be aware. Be aware of these things that take place. Be aware that it takes time. And whatever time it takes really is okay. It all unfolds in its natural course.